execution, real talk. Living right, the execution, real walk. And stay cool, stay cool, cause it's hot outside. And get your body outlined and chalk. I left the institution, real talk. Living right, the execution, real walk. And stay cool, stay cool, cause it's hot outside. And get your body outlined and chalk. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. You are back. We suckered you in again. No, <laughs> this is the House to House podcast. This is Amadi. I'm in here with Ragu. And we have a special guest. Special, special guest. But um, before we get to who our special guest is, as always, you can ingest our wonderful podcast on Apple Podcasts, on iTunes, um, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, and we are also on Podomatic. Oh, what is that? That's a podcasting platform, man. There is a lot of this money. This is crazy. So, you know, we, we try to get that's Podomatic. P O D O M A T I C. Podomatic. Fact check you real All right, quick. So, oh, this is legit, man. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get this out there. You know, I'm, I'm trying to get this out there. Um, and please, so please, please, please subscribe. Um, and if you're on the Apple platform, as always, please give us five stars. Um, and if you have any questions, comments, want to just reach out to us to connect, as always, you can touch base with us on the House to House podcast Facebook group. It is a private group, so if you want to join just to be able to join in on the vibrant conversations that are going on, <laughs> please feel free to uh, join the group. We, we, we want to get the uh, conversations moving forward um, on the Facebook group. Um, yeah. So with that being said, our, our, our special guest in here, we're, we're in here with a, a faithful friend, a brother, a father in the Lord. Uh, Dana Thompson is with us tonight. Yeah, yeah. We're actually in Texas. We're recording live. Um, normally, those of you who listen know that we're in the Washington, D.C. metropolitan area, but we are actually in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, the Metroplex, oh, as yeah. some call it. Um, yeah, we're, we're here for some meetings this week. Um, but we figured we'd get it in. It's been a few weeks, so we figured we'd get one in for you guys um, to uh, discuss the things of our, of, of our father. We're, you know, we are here advancing our father's kingdom one house at a time. So, Dana. <laughs> we turn it over to no, you. No, You're MCing. We just want to say welcome. You want to welcome. To tell everybody who, you know, we, we don't want to assume everybody who knows us knows you. Um I don't want to say everything about you, so I'll just say I've known Dana for probably 20 years. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I've, I've known Dana for a long while. Um, met him when I was in college. Um, Dana has authored three, is it two or three books? Two books. Um, he is a, a published author. Uh, let's see, what else? I'm trying, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to prep before you tell everybody else about yourself, <laughs> the things that people might want to know. So check him out on Amazon. D.L. Thompson. I think what's most important is uh, exactly what you said, 20-year relationship. Oh, man, that says a lot. I mean, that's 20 so years. Yeah. <laughs> that's crazy because I think I've known Dana since 2003 is when I first actually met you, Dana. Really? Down on the Eastern Shore, yeah. You guys have a great memory. The Eastern Shore of Maryland, for those listening. Yeah, thank you. That's where Ragu and I went to college. Me, just several years before. <laughs> <laughs> a graduating school. Yeah. A you know, I just think that saying 20 years in relationships speaks volumes because it shows you that just like marriage, if you've been married for 20 years or more, which I'm sure a lot of people have not, but mm -hmm. um, I'm going on 
course, 30 years of marriage. Yeah. Oh, man. Pew, pew, pew. This yeah. year. We need to get you a button, man. I know. <laughs> and the only reason why I state that is because you know you have a lot of ups and downs. You have a lot of wilderness to cross. You have a lot of trials. You have a lot of joy. You have a lot of times that I remember at a point where there was a discussion around what's best for a child, quantity time or quality time? You know, what's best that we spend more time with our children or it's not about how much time we spend with our children. It's about what you do with your child mm. is what makes things memorable for them. And um, as they were having a discussion, I began to realize that you're not going to ever get quality time unless you have quantity time. Mm, unless you have some times where you may not be looking for a special moment, but because you are with your child, you just capture that special moment that they will never forget that is sort of in their bank of their memory because you spent the time needed with them and you capture that quality time. So you can't have quality without quantity. And I state that because in our relationship, Amadi and Ragu, you know, there's been quantity time, but there's also been a lot of quality time. So I just want to let you know, guys, I really appreciate you. And thank you so much for coming to the great big state of Texas. Because yeah. <laughs> when you go to Texas, it's big. Yeah, everything, everything is big. Every, everything is big out here. And for some reason, everything has peppers out here. So. <laughs> <laughs> everything is Tex-Mex. <laughs> so it's it's awesome having Dana on um, tonight because, we, you know, we're going to continue the uh, conversation that we had um, a couple of weeks ago about just the intergenerational expression and, you know, just how things, you know, are, don't come to full fruition. You know, we, we, we are, but we are, are kind of misled to, to believe that the Lord shows me something, right? The Lord reveals something to me and I will see the full extent of it in my lifetime. You know, many in the body are, are misled with that. And so, you know, we sort of walked through some scriptures last time about showing how something starts in one man's life and continues. And you don't really see the fullness of it till you get to the second or third generation of a thing. Right. That's when we, you know, we, we use the example of even the Lord himself. You know, the Lord says greater works than these will you do. Now, I bet them guys at the time were thinking. Man, we just saw you raise the dead and heal the sick. What do you mean? Like, what else is there? Right. But what he's saying is the fullness of what was taking place, it will not be seen even in the extent of the life of the Lord. Even in his own life, he realizes that the, the fullness will not be uh, seen. Yeah, even you can go back to uh, Abraham when he was given the prophetic word that his generation or his, uh, his seed will be as sands in the, the shore. He didn't see the fulfillment of that. Yeah. You know, it took years, decades, centuries. Yes. I was thinking about Hebrews 11, what we call the Hall of Faith. That's exactly yeah. you know, yeah. All the saints yeah. who basically died not having received the promise. And the promise was basically the revelation that God had showed them, mm -hmm. you know, um, of what was going to be accomplished. But they understood things generationally. I was just recently reading a book about generational wealth mm. and how most wealthy people actually plan five and six generations wow yep. i've read a book like that yeah it's surprising 
So being able to think outside of your own sphere and rim, which the enemy has paralyzed most people individually and families and fellowships by having themselves centered has been the key to our downfall. You know, not being able to, as you said, Amadi, to actually think and look and perceive generationally. Mm, that's good, because who would have thought 20 years ago, at least, it might have been more. I don't know. I, I'm just saying 20 because it sounds a little weighty. You say 20 <laughs> years. I remember I was going to the, the church I was going to, and Dana came up, and him and Roselda came up, and they were speaking. And I was kind of like, oh, some guy from Texas. Like, all right. You know, I wouldn't, they, they didn't even register at that point. I was probably 18, 19 years old. Um, at the great University of Maryland Eastern Shore. The, the great. The great. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the, you know, the, there are things that have to, in, in, like, in order for it to truly be fulfilled, for it to truly, like the fullness of it come to fruition, it has to cross multiple generations. It, it, you know, for, and this is what we talked about before, Renio Regu, about the individualism that's in our faith you know so many people have made it an individualistic thing as opposed to a a corporate thing right you know and like in order for it to truly be like even when we say preach the gospel like you know when people read matthew and they read the great commission we still think individualism we still think i am going to go and preach no you are not that's very dangerous that's very dangerous and people try it we don't realize it's we we all go and do this together and I have to trust and believe that you'll do your part just as I'll do mine and so on and so forth. And that's not just linearly in, in terms of one generation. We also have to trust and believe the message will continue with the next generation and and all the subsequent generations after that, right? That is the the full expression. And I think if we truly believed that, I think some of this competition that we see would really dissipate, but it's because we really don't believe that. And I say we, cause I always consider myself part of the body of Christ. You know, I'm not like one of the people that try to distance themselves, them crazy saints over there. That's us, that's we. Because we don't truly believe it and haven't fully embraced it, I think that still leads to the competition. Cause I feel like I gotta do it. If it don't get done, I won't do it. You know, if it doesn't, if I don't do it, it won't happen, so to speak. Yeah, well, you know, I, when you were speaking, Amadi, it made me think about the, you know, the family paradigm where, you know, you have a, a wife who actually takes on your name. And that's what I'm focusing on mm. is when a wife takes your name, they are essentially bearing your mark. Mm. And then good. the kids will also take on your name because they will be the next generation when you are no longer on the earth. And so that is a small version well actually it it carries over into what we're we're speaking about is generationally yes definitely i think it's very important that um when we talk about generations that we understand that when we receive things it must go through a process so many times god speaks to us god shows us things and we act as if it should happen tomorrow mm. one of the things you will learn especially if you've been trained in the prophetic is that when God gives you a word, it's the birth of that thing. It may be the beginning of it, but you better be ready because that means you're about to go through a tremendous transformation and that word has to happen in you first. Mm. So once the word begin to work in you and work out the salvation that the Lord wants, then you'll begin to see the manifestation of that word. But a lot of people, because we're in a microwave society, 
believe that when God tells them something or they receive a revelation, a dream from the Lord, that it should take place tomorrow. And in some dreams, there is a timing element to it, you know, where God will give you the intensity of knowing exactly when things will be fulfilled. But we must go at this with the spirit of patience. You know, it's almost like I had a couple come to me and say, will you marry me? And I says, I would love to marry you guys because I know you just met each other. And I know that, um, you know, you're looking forward to a bright future together. They said next week. <laughs> and I said to myself, uh, that is impossible. I don't think so. Because you know why? I told him, I says, because if you love each other, love is patient. Mm. Love is patient. So there, that should be an element in your relationship where you're willing to wait and allow the Lord to do what he needs to do through counseling because so many people prepare for the ceremony, but they don't prepare for their marriage. And therefore, right. if you're willing to prepare for your marriage, you'll be patient and wait. That's yeah, good. That's, very that's good. really good. Yeah. So, I mean, to, to, to that point, in order to really experience an intergenerational expression, you have to be patient. Yeah. Because when you're dealing with the next generation, you're going to be dealing with some immaturity, right? You're going to mm-hmm. be dealing with some foolishness, just like we were foolish, yeah. right? You know, a lot of times people people will say things, and I was even quoting this earlier, and it's like, you know, when the Apostle Paul, he's like, remember, we used to be them. It's like, yeah, when people say that kind of stuff, like, you forget at one time that was probably you doing that. So, yeah, we, we have to be patient. Um, you know, one, one of the things I was looking at, you know, we had mentioned the re- relationship with Paul and Timothy, you know, last episode. We were saying how, you know, Paul and Timothy walked together and and you really saw the makings of a multi-generational expression of the kingdom of God. Because, you know, in some of his letters and particularly to the Corinthians, Paul writes, hey, I'm not coming to you, but I'm going to send Timothy. I believe it's first Corinthians three. And he says, um, it will be as if I'm with you because he's well acquainted with my ways in Christ. And so like, think about that like that. That is things coming to fruition. You know, we, we want the man of God. Where, where is he? Well, he's in prison in Rome right now. He's not going to be able to come. But there is another, you know, who has walked with him and, and will express the kingdom of God in the same way. And, you know, like likewise, even the relationship of Paul and Barnabas, because in, in Acts 11, you see when the spirit of God falls on the Gentiles and the apostles send Barnabas. They send him to go investigate, see what's going on, like you know, see what the Lord is doing. Go check in on uh, yeah. Paul. And he goes and finds him, and he spends the next year imparting to Paul. So you see, like this is like multi generation. So when 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 we get to like First Timothy and Second Timothy, like you're you're already at the point where you know, like when Paul says, um, he tells Timothy, take these teachings to faithful men. Mm-hmm. Like we're now at like the fourth generation now. Yeah. So we've gone from Barnabas, Paul, Timothy, and now he's instructing Timothy, go to every city, you know, um, install elders. And so now you're going to have Timothy imparting to others again. So that's going to every nation, but it's not Barnabas going to every nation. Uh, you yeah, know, right. it's it's relationships across multi generations. And now you're seeing a fuller, you know, a fuller expression of the kingdom of God. Yeah. That's key. Mm-hmm. So, um, one of the things I was going to say is that that didn't happen by happenstance. Right. You know, a lot of things that we have to see through that impartation, impartation comes from affiliation. 
And therefore, if you don't find yourself affiliating with the person, there's no way you can have impartation because nothing can be imparted to you. Why? Because of your lack of availability. And that's one of the things that happened. The reason why they can pass things to faithful men, because those faithful men were not self-centered. They was available. And availability is simplifying our daily needs so that we are ready and able to serve those who God brings to us. And if you don't simplify your daily needs and put yourself in a position where you can be available to receive impartation, then we can't read about Paul saying that I'm going to send to you a Timothy. Paul knew that Timothy knew his ways because of his affiliation with Paul. And he had a relationship with Paul. And that relationship was intentional. It's one thing to have an intentional relationship. And it's another thing to say, I know my pastor only for, from a distance. And most people will say, I know my pastor, but they really don't know him. Because when you know someone, you know them by nature, not by their name. And when God uses names throughout the word, he always uses, like Ragu says, if the wife was to take upon his name, what he's basically saying, the mark is the nature. And those things don't come by happenstance. It has to be intentional. It has to take time. And it has to be a real genuine receptivity. And lastly, I just wanted to say, as far as Amadi, you talked about competition. Competition is a direct result of us not receiving one another. Mm-hmm. And when we don't receive one another, then there's going to be the spirit of competition. But if I receive you for who you are and everything in you, and this applies to marriage relationships, brothers to sister relationships, brother to brother relationships. If we don't receive one another and see each other after the spirit, then what arises in us a spirit of competition. You're absolutely correct. No, that's excellent. You know, I think I'd like to take a step back into what you were saying, Dana, about being available in order to actually have this impartation to go further from one generation to the next. Because one of the things I definitely think is important is the parameters of the relationship that is required, both the disciple and the one who's being discipled. And one of the things that I wrote down is just, just guidelines of how this relationship should be. And um, I think uh, this relationship should definitely be, I know this is a big, big door that we're about to open into, (laughs) so I I definitely will open it up once I say my piece. Um, I think uh, this relationship is guided by and and is similar in how the Lord entreats us individually. Mm -hmm. So, for example, it won't be one where it it violates our will to choose one thing or the other. And um, I think in addition to that, the relationship would be one where it is required that both individuals be available to one another. Yeah, definitely. As well as, um, you know, it would be essential or key to be able to meet face to face. You know, that's kind of 50-50. That's dependent upon the relationship. Especially when they're immature. When, mm-hmm. when, when they're immature, I think it's essential that there be some. It's like, you know, I mean, it's like a child. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, at, when, when your child is younger, you can't even leave the room. Yeah. You know, there were days I couldn't leave I couldn't leave him up there by himself. He might tear his house apart. So yeah. you know, as they get older you can begin to pull away. But no, I think early on I, I agree. It, there, there should be a lot of face to face. And of course I think when doing that you get a barometer or a reading on the individual. Right. And so I definitely will open up to you guys' uh take on this particular uh question about what is things that are required of the relationship or what are the parameters. Well, we got the OG here. Today, so, you know, I'm I not, think that I'll, you know. I'll, I'll definitely lend this to the elder. Yeah, I'm a, 
Yeah. Well, the, <laughs> I would just basically say that, you know, I think you guys know this, you know. Um, each man do have what we call metrons, boundaries. You know, the scripture, when we look at the word um, in scripture, the word word, you know, when it talks about the word, the logos, in that it talks about boundaries. You know, even the word, you know, the scripture that I love that I was meditating upon, I think that's that's been very powerful for my in my life is that um, the Lord even set fathers to give boundaries, because if there was no boundaries, then, of course, we wouldn't be teaching those who we love. um, Basically, endangerment, Mm -hmm. you know, because. While we have a natural boundary in our heart of fear, some people don't want to jump from high heights. And that's just a natural boundary God placed in us, not so that we would be fearful because God has not given us the spirit of fear. But yet, if we're not used to doing it, if we want to cross a boundary that we're naturally not used to, fear basically let us know, ho, 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 you may not want to step off this building or you may not want to jump from this cliff because it's a boundary that the Lord has placed there. You know, so oh, even our emotions can tell us when we cross boundaries. That's wow. all. Well, that's good. It's really good. Yeah, I think sometimes, and just also your your conscience. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes even if you're unsure about something, but you just don't feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. You know, and we don't do things solely off feelings, but I think Dana's right. You know, when you don't have the knowledge, you know, the Bible talks about zeal without knowledge. There are just times where we don't have the full scriptural understanding of why all this stuff is wrong. I can't give you the exegesis on this, but if somebody's doing something or saying things to you and you're just like, man, that makes me really uncomfortable when they do that or when they say that, that's something you should look into. Whether right or wrong, don't leave it out there lingering because they could be abusing the relationship. You know, we don't, what is um the, the Lord says it in the book of Revelation, how leaders in the Laodicean church lord over right those who are a part of that work i believe it's the laodiceans and he says they, they they lord over them that's that's an abuse of a relationship i believe it's chapter three right who's going to fact check i'm gonna check it yeah i believe it's revelation three but that's i, I believe that things like that would be an, a, an abuse of a relationship right mm-hmm. where like to ragu's point whether right or wrong the person still has the ability to choose that is a characteristic of a relationship or being available. That's a characteristic of a relationship. The person's never available. And how are you in a relationship with this person? How are you guys walking together if they're never available or if they abuse or if they, you know, they say things that are not like what I, f- I forget the address, but the scripture says that it's the kindness of the Lord that lead men to repentance, mankind. Of course, that means women, too. So why would then the Lord entrust someone to you who speaks harshly and and abrasive and aggressive and disrespectful? No, that's not. Again, so these are just kind of, you know, to to Raghu's question, these are just red flags that should go off because God does desire for us to have this relationship. But red flags should should go off, you know, when when people are crossing these boundaries, you know, and we we cannot be you know, so religious that we just let people continue to cross boundaries and cross boundaries and, and, and not at a minimum inquire what's going on. Yeah. Right. 
I know that availability to me is giving your heart, not just your hands. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times people think that because they come, maybe they help you with a task or do something that they're making themselves available. But if their heart is not involved, if your heart is not in the relationship or the fellowship that you're a part of, then you'll find yourself basically doing things, but maybe even against your own will. And uh, that's one of the things Raghu was talking about, when a will feel violated. Well, it feel violated any time when our heart is not engaged. Wow. You know, I remember the scripture where the Lord said, you did this. And one of the prophets, he was telling the people of Israel, you did all these things. And uh, Malachi, and in the book of Malachi, he says, hey, you're basically, you're prostituting me. And, and the people didn't know what he was talking about. He said, you're building your homes, you're doing everything, but you're neglecting me. And they're like, Lord, when have we done these things? You know, because they didn't know what he was talking about. And he's, or when have we said these things? That's what they asked. When have we, have we said and done these things? And the Lord says, well, it's not what we say that God judges, it's what we do. You know, if they were doing it through their actions, but they weren't aware of it. Right. And that's what God was looking at. So we may not say stuff, but we don't know what we're doing a lot of times by our actions. Mm -hmm. Our actions wow. definitely will speak louder than words. Amen. That's good. That's good. And just a fact check real quick. So what you're referring to, Amadi, I believe is uh, the term Nicolaitans. The Nicolaitans. Yes, mm -hmm. not Laodiceans. Thank you, Rick. It was the Nicolaitans. And, and that's in Revelation 2.6. Yeah. And the kindness of the Lord leading men to repentance is Romans 2.4. Yeah, Nicolaitan, nickel means to conquer. And laitans come from the word laity, the which means the people. Gotcha. Yeah. So you'll understand what you mean by that, Amadi, yeah. to conquer Thank the you. people. Thank you, Regu. So not the Laodiceans, the Nicolaitans. Um, so with, with that being said, you know, as, as we come around third base, one of the things that I know, because in my own personal discussions with people, you come across individuals who have entered into these types of relationships where they essentially, because that's what we're called to be. We're called to be disciples. We're not called to be church members or lay people or churchgoers. God has called us to be disciples, to be discipled, and then to become disciplers. That's what our call is, right? And so, you know, what, I know we, we have a joke going around a lot of times when people say, hey, what church you go to? And I just say, hey, who's discipling you? You know, that's, that's usually my response to that question because God has not called me to attend to 501c3. He's called me to, you know, be discipled and become a discipler. So you have the people who may have entered in, you know, who says, okay, I realize I need to be discipled. I need to come into this kind of relationship. Then the individual who they were walking with abuses the relationship because that's reality that 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 happens mm -hmm. and they say you know what forget all this you know and they shut it down yeah they shut it down then they meet ragu and ragu starts talking this kingdom stuff what do we what what do you say to that person dana what do, what do we say to to those people that uh, split <laughs> speechless <laughs> I just wanted to get your take like what what, what? <laughs> like I just threw it out there like yeah you go fight that shark I'm not going out there like what what do we what are some of the things that you would say to, to those types of people Cause how would you engage that yeah. kind of a relationship like with somebody who is trying to go back into a uh, a good relationship of being discipled when they had experienced some type of hurt previously. Oh. Well, of course, 
trust is like fine china you know once you break it it's not quite the same thing anymore so you know once you destroy people trust it's not something that you have the ability to go back and quickly repair it definitely is going to take the orchestration of the holy spirit i just think that not being aggressive in the relationship you know for a person being able to see your life um they know your love as long as people know you care about them you know they'll start opening up to you once again you know, when we talked about availability, one of the things I was reminded of is how availability is based on the joy of making others successful. Mm-hmm. And so as long as they basically see you're trying to make them successful, you know, I believe that's when the healing takes place. You know, and of course, all of that is orchestrated through the Lord, who is our balm of Gilead. But um, there's nothing that we have a 10 step principle about because the only thing it takes is for you to touch that scab. And a scab is an unhealed wound. And a person may have over time, we've been told that time heals, that's a lie. That's a lie of the enemy. Time does not heal. Because the only thing you have to do is trigger that point that calls pain through, you know, indirectly. And once again, you'll see the tiger come out of the person or the roar come out of the person that has been hurt. So time doesn't heal. What heals is confrontation of the very thing that the person's been hurt by and words of healing. So as long as you're patient, you know, because let patients have a perfect well, that's word. That's how as we long open as patient, You know, through that process, that's how I believe the healing will take place with people to be able to trust once again, to have someone lead their, you know, lead them in the things of the Lord. Amen. That's, no, that's, that's good. That's excellent. So we have, you know, in, in those relationships for, you know, those people who are listening, remember, you're not trusting the person, you're trusting the Lord. Wow. You know, we have to, sometimes we kind of forget that. You know, we kind of forget we, we put our trust in people. Listen, we even put our trust in the Bible. We put our trust in churches. We put our trust in denominations or whatever doctrines. But in actuality, there is a creator of all of those things. Yeah. We had a expression I never forget um, where I was some brothers and I was going through a discipleship school at the time. We used to say, I don't trust you, but I trust <laughs> I trust the Christ in you. That's what we used to say to each other. And it was funny because, I mean, we loved each other and we had great relationships, but they'll still say, I don't trust you, but I trust the Christ in you. Wow. And, you know, mm-hmm. just making a statement of the fact that we are still earthen vessels. You yes, know, we're yeah. still clay, but within us, there is a precious treasure that we can trust in each other. And that's Christ in us, the hope of glory. Amen. Amen. So, Dana, before we close, we would be remiss if we didn't let you tell the people about your books, where to get them, um, how they want, if they want to follow you. Um, if you people want a good follow on Facebook, for those people listening, you need to follow Dana Thompson. That, you need to follow Dana on Facebook if you're not friends with him. I know he probably has 10 million friends on Facebook. But. No. No, we talked about the different level of friendships before we got on the broadcast. <laughs> yeah, this, we have those casual relationships. And then, we, of course, we have those uh, what we basically call ultimately casual friendships as well. But I'm glad to have an intimate friendship with you guys. Marty wouldn't tell you this, but he has his son with him, which I'm excited about. Jelani is just growing into a great young man. And we just really got out of the swimming pool. Jelani, Amadi, and I, and Ragu. And uh, one of the things I was stating, Amadi, is that when I saw you and Jelani, I said, there's three generations in this swimming pool. When I looked at you and Ragu and Jelani, and I was thanking the Lord, 
you know, for that. So what we're talking about, I'm just thankful to be able to see some of the reality of it in the flesh. I just wanted to say that to you. But to answer your question, um, our, my wife and I, our whole heart is to strengthen relationships, especially marriage relationships and discipleship. And uh, we call it the ships of God, friendship, discipleship, fellowship, um, stewardship you know, and rulership. I mean, we can go on. And these are the things that we love to strengthen, but mostly um, relationships are can be um, found. The two books that I wrote was based upon marital relationships and also, also for those who are unmarried. One is called Awaken to My Wife because most men are still asleep and they need to be awakened. And that's the only way they're going to be able to see the woman who God has basically called for them. And the other book is called Covering Empower Women women basically are having to go at it themselves out there facing the demonic and as we know the first woman was confronted by the devil in genesis and then in revelation we see a woman also confronted by the enemy so the enemy loves to confront women and so for the safety of our women you know basically this is showing us how we can be the umbrella to protect women from the demonic and uh, so that's called covering empower women and both of those can be found on our website, which is www.kingdomfamilylegacy. Kingdom Family Legacy. Sorry, it's so, so, so just a long URL.com. <laughs> and Dana, you have two great pages on Facebook that people should follow. If you're on Facebook, you should follow The Wisdom for My Sons and the relation um what is the other one relationships wisdom for relationships and marriages yeah there I knew, I knew it was a long one wisdom for relationships and marriages and wisdom for my sons if you're on facebook you should follow those two pages they are amazing um i think it would add a lot to your life i think it would add a great deal to your life um what is you know great oh man i'm not gonna misquote a scripture regularly fact check <laughs> twice so it's another scripture i was thinking of but i forgot the address anyway we do thank you guys for listening. Yeah. Um, we went a little long this time, but we had the OG in here today, so we figure it's, it's, it's okay. It's worthwhile. <laughs> yeah, it's okay, right? Thanks for having me, guys. Oh, hey, of no course. Problem. Thank you. Course. Thank you so much, Dana. So, as always, we appreciate it. Again, um, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, um, iTunes, and SoundCloud, House no, to House. Don't forget Podomatic. And Podomatic. <laughs> Ragu's new favorite platform. <laughs> Um, then we thank you for listening to House to House, where we advance our Father's kingdom one house at a time for Ragu and Dana. This is Amadi saying bye bye. I left the institution, now that's some real talk. Live right the execution, now that's some real walk. Stay cool, cause outside my dude is real hot. Got bodies outlined out here in real chalk. I left an institution, now that's some real talk. Live right the execution, now that's some real walk. Stay cool, cause outside my dude is real hot. Got bodies outlined. I left the institution real talk Living right the execution real walk And stay cool, stay cool Cause it's hot outside And get your body outlined and chalk I left the institution real talk Living right the execution real walk And stay cool, stay cool Cause it's hot outside And get your body outlined and chalk And stay cool, stay cool Cause it's hot outside Stay cool, stay cool Cause it's hot and stay cool, stay cool, cause it's hot outside And get your body outlined and chalk